Welcome to the Wonderful Leaders Podcast, a place for Christian entrepreneurs and leaders to be encouraged and inspired to grow in your personal and organizational leadership. We hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of the Wonderful Leaders Podcast. I'm uh, excited today, as I am for every episode, but I am genuinely excited today as well to have Alex Afrier with us. And uh, the reason I'm excited about Alex is because we do loads of things together. And every time we talk, there's, there's something sparks, something happens. Mm. You know, we really feel God speaks to us or, or speaks through us. And so, yeah, no pressure on today, Alex, but I love just talking <laughs> with you, chatting with you. And I think, I think our, our, our listeners are going to be blessed today. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what your leadership life looks like. Brilliant. Well, thanks, first of all, Dan, for having me on your podcast. It's a real privilege. And, you know, as you say, Dan, I do. I actually love chatting with you and we could probably go on for two hours, couldn't we? So we'll be careful. (laughs) (laughs) We'll be careful today. Yeah, my my leadership life. Well, it's gone through a lot of metamorphosis, but I've always felt called by God to um, it was it was a word that God gave me when I was 17 years old. I called you to preach faith to my people. And I've always felt that my role is to equip empower and release people into their purpose and that's happened in many many different ways over my life Um, I've been preaching from the age of 15 and equipping from the age of 15 um, started in the youth club and uh, and um, but I've also been involved in a lot of different things like you know business things with my brother and all kinds of things so lots of different experience through the years where where I find myself today is a senior pastor of London Network Church, which I absolutely love because I just, I love you, the UK and I love London and I just want to see God do incredible things. That's my heart. I, I weep every time I think, you know, if I'm abroad and someone mentions London or the UK or pray for it, I weep because that's my heart. I just want to see God do amazing things in our nation. Um, I find myself preaching vision a lot. I preach the gospel, the gospel both of salvation and the kingdom. I think the kingdom incorporates all of that, you know, that people just love Jesus. But also when I say the kingdom, I think, you know, God's also equipped people uh, for the next life, yes, but also for this life in whatever sphere they're called into. So I'm a very much an equipper into the different spheres of life, uh, whether that's business, education, etc., family, because I really believe we're called with a purpose. So that's very much a strong thing of, of kind of, what I do in equipping our church and equipping, you know, I do a bit of quite a bit of itinerant ministry, equipping other churches as well. I lead a core team of about 12, like an eldership and I have a broader leadership of 20. I do a lot of coaching and training of um, kingdom leaders actually, because that's really my heart to see people released into their potential and purpose, both kingdom leaders and also in the business world as well. I, I, I equip and coach online people in business and, and uh, things like that. And I, and I do try and put very much kingdom values into that, whether they know the Lord or not. I just try and come from it because I believe the kingdom works in every sphere of life. You and I, obviously, um, Dan, have, have done uh, coaching courses for people, our 1010 course, where we've equipped uh, a number of uh, biz, uh, kingdom business leaders as well. Um, I'm the non-exec of a cha- chair of directors of a, a denomination in London that uh, is over three over 300 churches so I support a kind of what you could call a an apostolic team a, a, a kind of team that goes out and ministers to those churches um, 
I'm, I mentor new pastors when they're coming into leadership. And I also lead a small team of church leaders in the London Surrey area that I've had historic links with that I just support um, as well. But I think if you ask me my greatest passion, you know, it's the Great Commission. I just love discipling new believers. I absolutely love it. You know, give, you know put me there with a new believer or new believers group. I'm the happiest. Larry on earth. <laughs> That's brilliant. So yeah. what do you do? So you, in your spare time? I mean, this is it's what, incredible. What is that? No, no. In my spare no. time, I, I hold hands with my wife and walk around the park and we watch films together. And right just, answer. Good and answer. We enjoy, and we enjoy we enjoy each other. Yeah. Uh, um, oh man, that is a good. That's the right answer right there. No, and that's in, incredible, Alex. And, and I think that. You know, one of the one of the reasons we 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 do, we do these podcasts and these episodes with different people is because God has gifted and anointed people to be who they are in so many different spheres, and you live out that anointing and that passion across so many different spheres of society. But it all comes back to the gospel for you, like you said. It does. The Great Commission comes back to sharing, you know, the life of Christ and who Christ is with people and the life that comes from it. But having said that, I mean, working across so many different networks, um, groupings of leaders, different leadership types, what would be some of the sort of leadership keys or insights or values that God has given you in your life? Okay, well, you know, as a kingdom leader, I must start with, I think, the secret place is divine alliance, you know, um, um, Right. That's my that's my secret, you know. I've just told everyone my secret, <laughs> but it really, <laughs> but it really is. And so I think l- praying, listening to God, meditating on the Word, worshiping God, those are the things that keep me alive. I mean, without that, I would be depressed. Well, I would be depressed, you know. If I start just doing my own thing and not meditating on the word of the morning, not getting the heart of God and just hearing his whispers in my heart. That's so empowering to me. And even if I only get a few minutes some days meditating on the word, it's my, that's where I get my nutrition from, where I get my vitamins, my spiritual vitamins from. And I'm saying that in all seriousness, I think we're useless in the earth if we don't keep the divine connection, the divine alliance, you know? Absolutely. It's fantastic. You know, so that's got to be my first key. I think, uh, you know, obviously when you look at Jesus, you see that he was always escaping into the mountains, trying to hide from Peter and get a bit of time with the father. You know, <laughs> um, So that's got to be the first thing. But then I think an, an attitude of faith. I've always had an attitude of faith because I think faith is a substance. It's a real thing inside of us. It's alive. But I also think it's a, so, but, so, it's, so it's a noun, but I also think it's a verb. It's an action. And so I've always taken an attitude of faith that we hear God through those divine alliance times, through the secret meeting place, but then we get a vision from that because faith is the substance of things visioned for, hoped for. So you get a vision. And I think out of that, you then practically make that into a strategy and then take action on it. And I think sometimes leaders or people in general, they don't go the whole process. They get to vision maybe. And they're great visionaries, but they don't then, and maybe they then try to take action. I've been guilty of that. And you trip over yourself, but they don't sort of sit down and break it down, strategize it so that actually they take the, the, the plan of God, the heart of God seriously and break it down. And I think that's a, I think you're really good at that. Um, 
Dan. And I think that's something that's really important to break things down into bite-sized foods so we can actually put it in. A bit like Moses um, uh, receiving instructions about the tabernacle. It was quite detailed. And then he had to get craftsmen in and all kinds of things that people that were not. So it's actually a process of really breaking things down. It's not a quick, oh, I enjoyed that little prophecy. It's actually, we've got to break that thing down and really put it into action. So I think that's, that's for me being another um, key for me. Other things just quickly would be empowering others in their lives to reach their potential. It's not, just, it's not about, you know, it's not about gathering followers. It's about empowering leaders as a leader. And so I'm always looking to equip and empower other people into their purpose. Collaboration for ownership. That's been a really big key. You know, one thing I've seen a lot of leaders make a mistake on, and I've literally they've come to me in tears. Why didn't it work? We had a beautiful vision. We wanted to, and, and it's what they've done is they've plonked their vision on people rather than draw it out of people. Because if the Holy Spirit's doing something, he'll be speaking it to the people that are meant to be with you. So you draw it out of them so they feel they've owned the vision with you. And then you kind of put the icing on the cake and kind of firm it up, you know. And so collaboration, I think. Pastoral care, what we could call fathering. In other words, being holistic with your team. It's not just about the task. It's also about team being family together. And it's also about the individual. So I try and take time to say, how's your mum? How's your dad? You know, oh, how's that been going? Is that person better now? You know, so ask about the person, not just the task, and also get the team collaborating together. Sometimes I've found I've had great relationships with the individuals, but then the team's not relating to each other. So it's, it's I think that's been an important thing, you know. Uh, finally, clear, I think clear communication. Clear communication is really important. And finally, courage. You know, um, wow. I, I've been someone who's been, a, you know, I think naturally I would be an intimidated person in my life. Naturally, I've been a fearful person in my life. But my whole life, God's been having fun with me. My whole life, God's put me out there. You know, whether I found myself preaching in conferences and training leaders, whether I found myself, you know, coaching business people that are actually doing, they've got more money than I've got, but I'm coaching them, <laughs> in, you know, in what they're doing. Um, or whether it's been, you know, last week, standing on a platform, speaking outside parliament about racial justice. You know what I mean? But God has always, you know, and we've, you know, always put me there to be a, I think catalyst is one of the things, catalytic. And so those are some of the things, you know, I mean, I know I could go on forever, but those are some of the things to, to, to feel the fear and do it anyway has been an important element for me. Thanks for that, Alex. You've made some really powerful statements there. That one of the statements that just resonated with me as you were sharing was that, as a leader, it's not about gathering followers, it's about empowering other leaders. Yes. I mean, that, that alone is, that's four podcasts in itself, isn't it? In terms, <laughs> yeah. of, in terms of unpacking that statement. And that is yeah. such a key aspect of, that, of leadership in the kingdom of God, is that, that mindset from changing, from gathering followers to actually raising and empowering people. And I've yeah. seen you do that fantastically across so many different spheres and sectors. I mean, yeah, that's incredible. I mean, within that, though, those yeah. things aren't easy. Leading the way that you've just said is not easy. And if we're honest with ourselves, we'll look at our leadership journey. There are times where you think, let me just do this the easy way. Let me, yeah. just, let me just speak a nice message, tell them what they want to hear. Let me, just, let me just, you know, just give myself a bit of an easier life. You know, you yeah. know, you know I look at the life of Christ sometimes and think, wow, you did things the hard way. 
you run in there and you challenge that situation. You've got yeah. in there and you've got yeah. a crowd of people around you and you could have yeah. just walked away, but you healed that person whose yeah. father told you to. And you know, yeah. what would be some of the lessons or some of the you know some of the biggest lessons should we say that you've learned along your journey? What would be some of those those keys that you carry in your heart? Listen to all and assess, but go by your instincts. Right. Because, <laughs> because you're anointed for the task. That's one thing I've learned. You know, you can hesitate and dance around with leadership, but if you're anointed for the task, you've got to know that you, God has put the answer in you. That's not to be arrogant. You know, I've started by saying, we, 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 we're meek. We bring everything, our strengths and weaknesses to God, and he tells us, and we only do what God says. So that's not to be arrogant, but that's just to say, you've got to know that you've been anointed for the task. And I've had to learn that. And that's one of the biggest keys I've learned. And, and I will listen to people, and I do listen to people. That's one of my, I guess that is one of my strengths. I do listen to people, and people feel heard by me. But what I have learned is sometimes I've gone wrong when I've almost collapsed a project or not gone for something because people are feeling fearful. And you've got to be aware of that kind of ten, 10 spies, two spies scenario when they were going into the promised land. Just because people get scared doesn't mean it isn't God. And I would say some of the biggest breakthroughs that I've seen, that we've seen, whether it's in church or in certain situations, some are confidential, so I can't go into the details of them. But, but some of the biggest breakthroughs, say, in church, for instance, have been when I've gone with my instincts against the conclusion that we can't, and it's released thousands, I mean thousands and thousands of pounds for the kingdom and the church. Um, another situation, as I said, which is confidential, but in a, in a very well-known organisation, that's all I'm going to say, um, I found myself once having to, and I couldn't believe it because I was amongst giants, I had to challenge one of the key people because an incredibly liberal thing was about to happen to that organisation and no one was speaking about it. And I had to challenge, right. And I, and I literally, before I did it, I thought, it can't be me. I'm the new kid on the block. There's gotta be, there's gotta be giants around who are gonna say something. No, no one's gonna say something. Oh, it's Alex Hartley's <laughs> turn. <laughs> and, and so what I found is, is listen to people, be respectful. By all means, God loves every human being. You know what I mean? But there's times when you've got to go by your instincts and you're anointed. And at that moment, you've got to speak up and you've got to do it. Because if not, it's going to go in the wrong direction. Big time, the wrong direction. That's brilliant. And that absolutely speaks about what it means to walk in integrity. You know, integrity is something that is banded around left, right and centre as in all sorts of leadership environments. If, I, if I'm working in a, in a boardroom environment with, you know, with non-Christian CEOs and boards, and what's, what are your brand values? And they always say integrity. And you just, you know, it's <laughs> an eye roll moment. You know, it's like, what do you mean by that? What do you actually mean by that? Do you mean that you vaguely try and be honest? Do you mean you vaguely try and do what you say you're going to do? That's like base, you know, 101 of integrity. Yeah. What yeah. you're stand, talking about there is that, that, that biblical standard where you will stand up for what is right because you know it's biblically right or you know it's right in your heart because mm. the Holy Spirit's confirmed it and you'll put your neck on a block and you'll stand up for it. Yeah. And I think that is so powerful. You know, and particularly, you know, without you know, wanting to sway the conversation, but particularly around the particular time we find ourselves <laughs> in now, 
with everything yeah. that's happening around um, what happened with George Floyd and Black Lives Matter, what's mm. happening in the economy right now, what's happening mm. in shifts in, in the way we do church and everything's moved on. That, that ability, the people are looking for authenticity and looking for genuine integrity. And so I love what you're sharing there. I think it's mm. absolutely brilliant. I mean, just, you want to, I mean, you know, if you don't want to yeah. share about it, it's fine. But obviously you mentioned something else there about um, standing outside parliament. Oh, yes. Just, just yeah. elaborate on that a little oh, bit for okay. us, if, if you don't mind. Yeah, no, that's fine. Well, obviously we've seen thousands of people marching on these BLM marches and things like that, and um, which is great. But it's been a lot of young people. It's been a lot of white people, actually, you know. Um, and... Uh, one thing we just felt as some of, some of the pastors um, across the nation was just actually the church needs to speak up. It's terrible if the church goes silent Absolutely. Know, on major issues like this. That's ridiculous. Like, has Jesus got anything to say about it? Uh, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, we are the prophets to the nation and the nations. So we, we God's not being flummoxed by this. God's not like, oh, do Black Lives Matter? <laughs> <laughs> it sounds ridiculous even as you say it, right? <laughs> I know, I know. So we're like, well, if we let, and I think especially some of the ministers of colour, black and Asian ministers were concerned about this actually, was, well, if we let our young people go out on the streets and do all of this, and in a sense it's risky because of COVID and everything else, and plus other things, um, you know, if, if we do this and we just sit there clapping our hands on our virtual church, you know, and saying hallelujah, they're going to start saying, are my parents' generation and, their, and church relevant to anything that's happening in my life right now? Wow. So that was part of the motivation. So a very small group of us, um, I think, you know, Yinka, um, yeah. and one or two others of us, about four of us, four or five of us, just got together as a core team and just, it was a very quick thing. We just advertised let's go out we spoke to the police and stuff they didn't come out in hordes for the pastors that were coming out <laughs> <laughs> you guys weren't causing trouble no, they, didn't, they didn't see us as a major threat um and uh, but uh, so about 200 came from across the country and it was just to really it was five things really involved in that one was to be a uh, an act of worship because it is sacrificial you know especially for the the black community they actually be more susceptible to covid so it was a it was a, an act of worship and sacrifice to wow. God as an act of prayer. And so we prayed over Parliament. We, got on, we, got, we took the knee to Jesus and, and said the Lord's Prayer and prayed over Parliament. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, act of prayer, um, act, prophetic act. We prophesied over Parliament. Uh, an act of unity, black and white, Asian together. And finally, an, an act of witness that the church is saying something, the church is speaking up and proclaiming the gospel. So, yeah, so that was kind of what that was about. So, so yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. So you're telling me an act of worship isn't just a, a nice song on a Sunday morning? No, <laughs> that's not or even, on, even on a live stream. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's fantastic. Brilliant. Mm. Uh, well done. I know it's, it, it's incredible to, to see, you know, even I've just seen some of the Facebook and Insta posts and just to see, the response that you know people again it's that authentic leadership that sense yeah. of authenticity and standing up for god's heart and god's values in a time yeah. such as this you know yeah. we talk about it so often on a sunday you can talk about it but when the time comes the rubber hits the road 
It's authentic yeah. leaders that stand up and be counted for what is right and what is true. Yeah. It's not just talking about it, is it? As you say, it's actually taking action, being proactive and obviously with wisdom, but being proactive as God tells you to. And, I, uh, you know, I mean, what's amazing about that is I want to just say this now just to encourage people. When you do step out, it's like Joshua 1, 6, you know, um, be strong, courageous because you will cause the people to inherit their land. And what's amazing is when you do step out, you cause others to be more bold and to inherit. And we've literally, we've literally having um, politicians now have come where I was on a call yes, yesterday, I think it was yesterday evening, with the shadow minister for faith who wanted to talk to us. So she came and spoke to our little core team there and, and said they are literally really interested in learning what Christians have got to say about these issues. Um, and we're gonna, we're gonna, we've got a meeting with Keir Starmer coming up very shortly. So. So God is just opening up doors. I'm, I'm talking to my brother now because he's a conservative MP. I haven't said this to him yet, but I'm going to say, you better get your act together, mate, because <laughs> Labour's coming. <laughs> so but, but isn't, it, isn't it great we can speak into the places of power when we step out, you know, so, yeah. Amazing. Absolutely brilliant. So, I mean, you know, the, the, we, we've, we've covered a lot of ground in a short space of time. Yeah. And yeah. obviously, you know, one of the things that, that constantly comes through is, is, is walking in the leader that God's given, called you to be and walking the anointing that he's given you. And you've seen, I mean, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to talk about age right now, but you said, <laughs> you, you said earlier on that you, um, you know, you started preaching and equipping people at the age of 15. So as if you've got a few years under your belt, should we say, you know, what I mean, leaders, at, least, at least 10 years now, at least 10, at least 10, at least 10 <laughs> maybe 12 at a stretch. <laughs> But, you know, you've seen, you've seen leaders, you know, across all sorts of denominations and spheres and sectors. Who, yeah. who, who have you learned from? What leaders do you look up to and who have you learned from? That's a hard question to answer. I'm going to say a lot of names now, um, but it's a hard question to answer because I think I learn from so many. You right. know, I learn, I learn from so many and I learn different things from different people. But if I rattle off a quick list, um, there's more that I haven't mentioned. You know what I mean? Um, I'll just start by bigging you up, Dan. I learn from you. I love the way that you cross the spheres of church and business and leadership. I think that's great. That's oh, my you. heart. Yeah, that's my <laughs> heart. So I, I love you. I but I would say, <laughs> but going, going, uh, my mum, single parent mum, she, responsibility I learned from her. I wow. learned responsibility from her because she took action. Amazing woman. My dad, although he wasn't with me, I didn't really get to know him properly till the age of 13 and upwards. But for his pioneer, he was a pioneer. He was a Ghanaian, but he pioneered. He came through Europe. He did business. And I learned from him. My brothers, they're both my one who's older than me, five years older than one who's one year younger than me, both, uh, very, uh, both business people, one of them very successful businessman. Um, I've learned from them, um, working with them, that they're, they're people that take action. Ray Richards, faithfulness. He was my Baptist minister who led me to Jesus. Wow. Just faithfulness, I learned from him. Just be a man of integrity. David Cassidy, inspiration or empowering pastor and leader for me, empowered me in leadership, raised me up to be an elder at the age of 19, pushed me to, to preach the preach, you know, sent me out places, didn't stop me, just empowered me, fathered me and pushed me forward. Wow. Great man of God, American guy, great man of God. Tony Morton, fathered and loved me apostolically, um, Dorcas and I. Kenneth Hagen from a distance. We may not agree with everything he said, but Kenneth Hagen, man of faith, um, just read his books when I, was, when I was a teenager and it really did empower me in moving in faith. Michael Puffett, who some of us might know, a man who took action, 
a man of strategy. Got a lot, a lot from him. Louis Else, in terms of excellence and principles of the kingdom. Um, I would add to that people like Dave Cape, Tony Fitzgerald as well. Richard Shaw, who's a, a Christian business guy in America, and Paul O'Mahony, who I've worked with, who's an online uh, business guy. Um, do it now in business. Just make it happen. You know, I'm a, I'm a J in the spectrum of um, <laughs> of right. uh, Myers Briggs personalities. Yeah. But I've learned I've learned a lot from P's. Just do it. Make a mess. You can clear it up afterwards. <laughs> but just do it. <laughs> so that's helped me a lot. Political leaders I've admired, Churchill for obvious reasons, Martin Luther King for obvious reasons. I, um, I, I like the way he and also Mandela have a heart for all people. You know, they were oppressed, but then they had a kingdom heart for all people to walk together. Um, Mrs. Thatcher, pioneering as a woman prime minister i think she did some incredible things i know not all would agree but i admire her tony blair for his kind of step out kind of leadership as well great leaders that change things that's who i admire in the leadership circle kind of leadership training and books john maxwell john adair guys like that wow there's a few names that i wasn't expecting there's a there's a there's a, a brilliant list and i think what I love about that, again, just a comment, is the fact that there's so you know you, you've been impacted personally by so many leaders, and that sense of as you said, coaching and fathering and mentoring, which is an incredible, an incredibly important part of kingdom leadership, is you know learning from those above you and empowering those in the next generation. It's yeah. multi generational leadership, and you said you spoke that all the way through, but also how you picked up leaders from different areas of society. You know, it's yeah. very easy to become one dimensional in your leadership by just learning from one thing Now we always know that you know that jesus is the source and the word of god is our foundation absolutely but absolutely. in terms of walking out our leadership there's so many people have got so many good things to bring if we're mm. humble enough and we're wise enough to learn from the right people and some mm. of those names you mentioned they weren't christians they weren't people no. that would confess jesus christ as lord and savior but they're people that had the wisdom and had an action and an attitude of good leadership so no, that's really cool and really encouraging so just coming into land now we're kind of we're getting to uh, the end of our uh, of a 5k run time so around 25 <laughs> minutes yeah, yeah. i'm not sure my 5k is that quick at the moment so last question for you alex because otherwise we, we could talk all day and i'd yeah. like to looking back at your at your life you're still in your prime but looking Absolutely. back at your life from the age of 15 to now 25. <laughs> <laughs> so it's not long, you know, only 10 years. Yeah, but looking back at your 15-year-old self or your 20-year-old self, what's one piece of leadership advice you would have given your younger self? Now, this is going to maybe sound a bit funny because you might say it's not leadership advice, but it's foundational advice. Right. Um, because... And I'm saying this, everyone, not everyone will need to hear this one because some understood it, but not having a father, you'll see why I, I needed this and I've suffered from not having this. And so this is the advice I would definitely go back if I had a time machine right now and tell myself, Wesley said, Wesley, John Wesley said, earn all you can, give all you can, save all you can. Uh, probably earn all you can, I've done to some extent. Not, not completely because of the path that I've chosen. <laughs> uh, give all you can. I think I, I'm, I've been fully in that. 
fully in that. I'm a, I'm a tither, I'm a giver. Save all you can. I missed it. Right. I missed it. And so I would go back to young Alex Afria and I would say, invest more wisely. Because I did step out of times and some of my investments didn't work in property and things like that. And some did. So they weren't great. And I would say invest more regularly. So I would say just have regular. So it sounds like a really mundane thing to say <laughs> when you want a great leadership. But I would say if you've got a, a strong foundational base of um, finance and wealth, you could, you're then released to do things that you couldn't do otherwise. And we don't always emphasize this. And we didn't emphasize this when I was young. I wasn't taught that at all. Um, I was taught just go for it, which is fine. But actually, you know, money doesn't matter. Well, I disagree. Money does matter. Absolutely. I totally disagree. Money does. Yeah. Love of money, no. Mammon, no. But love of God and the use of money wisely, yes, matters a lot. And so I would have gone back and said, Alex, even if it's a strain, invest at least a 10% of your income, you know, every single month um, for the rest of your life. And that would have brought me to a place if, if invested wisely in the right assets to complete release to do kingdom things all over the world without having to think about how to raise the money. So that would be my advice. Brilliant. And you know what? I know a lot of people that need to listen to their advice. Okay. I say it's mundane, but absolutely. I think that is a key that we can miss out so much in our life because again, you can switch straight onto the, I'm not going to go there because I've talked too long, but you can switch into the, the spiritual side, just being about faith and you just being about walking on the water. That's absolutely true. And you've, you've, you've validated that all the way through this, this episode, but actually, you know, God works in the here and now as well. Yeah. God is a holistic God that wants to provide for the here and now and provide for our future and provide for our generations that come after us. But we have to have the wisdom and the insight and the aptitude to be able to do that. So I think that's spot on advice. So I think that's absolutely brilliant. What a great way to end this episode, Alex. Really appreciate that. And brilliant. just want to say thank you so much for just that, that power, power half hour. That was brilliant. <laughs> Loads of great insight there. And I love the fact that you've unpacked your own leadership, your own journey in, you know, in the midst of some great principles as well. So thank you so much. Well, thanks very much, Dan, for, for having me on. Really love working with you and uh, love being on this podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Wonderful Leaders Podcast. To be part of the community, join our close Facebook group and follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Simply look us up at Wonderful Leaders and we'll see you there.